we were living in a house. Uh, still got a few boxes to sort out, but we're getting there. In fact, I was relegated in my duties this last week. Pam said, you do the cooking, I'll do the boxes. All right. Well, the lady knows exactly where she wants stuff from the boxes. So we're there. Bless God. And it's good to be with you this morning. And coming back here feels like home. Amen. So we're making a start. And I don't think for one moment this is going to be an early finish today. But uh, we'll go for it. Uh, you'll recall those of you who have come regularly on the Saturdays or been listening to it online, you, you'll recall that I'm just going uh, through some sessions on going deeper, deeper with Father. And I want to round up today. Um, it's not that there's not more. There is more. But uh, I'm going to go on to something else. Uh, for a while, and then possibly we'll come back to this later. But uh, first of all, just, just as a recap from what I said last time, uh, the re our relationship with Father is measured by the fruits we produce in our lives. Okay? Our relationship with Father is measured by the fruit uh, we produce in our lives. At least that's one of the ways of measuring. Of course, there's our own personal growth with him. There is our personal walk with him. And uh, the time that we share with him and with God's people. And we've heard this morning how essential it is that we get back to meeting as God's people. Uh, I know of a church where... They are, there is no midweek meeting, zilch, nothing, except online. That is not what scripture says. But you say, oh, yeah, but scripture, the people who wrote scripture didn't have the technology that we've got today to make it convenient. That still doesn't stop. Look, if you're a parent and you've got children you wouldn't live in one half of the city, your children in another, and speaking to them online. Because that relationship is going nowhere. And the same thing happens amongst God's people. We have to learn. And I, learn, I use that word seriously. We have to learn because we, if you like, we have to unforget our forgetfulness. Let us not uh, neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Yeah. I raised a question with Pam. Uh, outside of myself, Owen and Jeremy, where are the men? This morning. Okay. That needs preaching. There's a sermon there. Come on. Uh, somebody... Somebody put out a prophecy concerning the future of the UK. And it was said that praying will be saved, uh, Britain will be saved, you may have heard this, by praying women. Where's the men in this? 
You know, Jesus sent out 12. When they come back successful, he sent out 70. When they come back successful, he said, don't revel in the success of your ministry. Rejoice in the fact that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. How many names this morning are in the Lamb's book of life? Come on. Yeah, we're here. We're home. This is home. This is God's family. This is our family. Uh, somebody said to me, how do you feel about moving to God's country? Wherever I am is God's country. Wherever I am in his will is God's country. Amen? Okay. Uh, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. I'm still on a recap from last time. That you have love one for another. Amen. Now, this is a serious one. Because there has been a breakdown of love between God's people. Um, I, I've been in churches, and this is, uh, I used to think it was predominant in Wales. It isn't. It's in England as well. It's rife with it. You will get people sat that side of the church, people sat this side of the church, and the two never communicate. Because years ago, they have had a disagreement and they've carried that disagreement and nothing nothing grieves God's heart more to know that there is a rift amongst his people um, if you if you're a traveler I have I know Owen lived for years where this place is if you're a traveler you go from one end of Africa to another correct me if I'm wrong you will come across almost in a line running through the, com the continent what they call the Rift Valley. Am I right? He doesn't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's something called the Rift Valley. And it, it's something to do the way, with the way that the landscape was formed. But you know, we've got a Rift Valley in the church. Seriously, we've got a rift valley in the church. And it's time that God's people, excuse this, it's time that God's people got off their backsides, on their knees, on their faces before God and started to put this thing right. Amen? Amen. Okay. Uh, here's another uh, fact that we dealt with. Whatever you did to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Remember, those two statements go together because if we, have, if we don't have love for each other, there's something wrong with our relationship with Father. And I put it to you that if there is a rift in God's people, the first place that they have to get is before God. Father, what's going on? We need some revelation here. It might be obvious. The rift might be obvious. The disagreement might be obvious. The lack of the flow of love might be obvious. But sometimes we need to get before God, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Uh, what did Jesus said to his disciples one day? Are you so dull? Come on, we're still disciples. We're still God's people. We're still following. And sometimes we can get, our spirits can get so dulled 
but we're missing what God is saying. Uh, another way we see fruit is when we focus. Where's your focus this morning? Amen. I'm glad you said that, sister, because I hope you didn't come to have your focus on me. And Owen will say the same thing concerning himself. Our focus is on Jesus. Uh, we sing, we sing the, that, yeah, I'm going to use the term, that immortal song sometimes, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Your faith wasn't cultivated by you yourself within your heart. Your faith came to you from the Holy Spirit. And the first time your faith was ignited was when the word of God was preached. And it, it stung your conscience. It convicted you of sin. It convicted you of the fact that you were nowhere near the heart of God and you gave your life to Christ. Do you remember that day? I do. September. I can't give you the date, but it was September in 1950. I was 12 years of age and there were seven of us went forward and gave our lives to Christ. Uh, the, the pastor thought he was having a field day. And uh, because our church had never seen seven converts in one go. It was a Baptist church. Nothing wrong with that. And I was there for, oh, I was there after for about three years. And then I got, uh, I went to the local Pentecostal church in the city center. And things really took off. Uh, more about that again uh, later. So. Uh, when negative circumstances in our lives no longer provoke the flesh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There are people who recognize the implications of that statement. Therefore, I'm going to read it again. When negative circumstances in our lives no longer provoke the flesh. Or oh, living more dependent and in contact with the Holy Spirit. Do you want more, sister? Do you want more? Because God is the God of more. Won't be the first time we've been in a service here and that lady has been on her face throughout the whole of the service. Whew. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I have a new Bible, and, uh, <laughs> and the pages aren't the same. And I'm afraid me and technology are not good friends, simply because I'm too thick to handle it. No, I have the mind of Christ. But, uh, right, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Are you there? Uh, because another heading here, imitate others. Now listen to what Paul says, verse 16. So I implore you, be followers or imitators of me. 
Now, what's Paul doing here? Is he pushing his own agenda? No, he is pushing his ministry, but he is pushing the presence of the Lord that he knows is there in his life and is emanating from him. Imitate others. Imitate others who through faith and patience have helped to bring you to where you are now at this moment in time. You know, when we consider our growth, if we take time to look back, we can see it's so easy to see the pitfalls where we've gone wrong. And sometimes I can really, if the devil can get a foothold there, He's got you. Uh, I've, I've, I've told this on a number of occasions, and I'm going to tell it again because it's worth hearing again. Do you remember when Saturday afternoon television was real grandstand? You remember? It wasn't just football. Come on, there are some people here who have the correct shaped ball and know how to use it. That gets, that gets me conversation at the end of the meeting. Uh, on this one particular day, they were doing uh, mountaineering. They'd been running it for a few weeks. And on this one particular Saturday, they were climbing uh, up in the Orkneys, just off the coast, literally a couple of hundred yards off the coast, that is a pillar of rock that's been weather-beaten, weather-worn. It's called the Old Man of Hoy. And they were doing, uh, the, they were climbing that. And the television cameras were there. And these men, they were going up, and this one guy got to a place where all he had was a sliver of rock that he could hang his fingertips on. That's all he had while he changed from one foot to another to get him up uh, another purchase, as they say. He was just there with his fingertips. Can I tell you something? All the devil wants in your life is a little chink in the armor so that he can get his fingertips and then he can have a real go at you. That is why Paul emphasizes, and we cannot emphasize too much, that we put on the whole armor of God. How much? All of it. All of it. All of it. Uh, I say to the people of God sometimes, how much of all don't you understand? It's only got three letters. Put on all the armor of God. Or to give it its correct uh, wording, the whole armor of God. From the feet right up to the head. You're totally covered. And then the devil has no... He has no... Uh, way in. Uh, some people have a problem with that. because Simply because they're not reading the Word of God correctly. They think that the suit of armor, uh, the back isn't mentioned. But if you go back to Israel and God's dealings with Israel, this is what he said to Israel. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Okay? No chance. 
Your backside, excuse me, your backside is shielded by the glory of the Lord. Okay? It's there. And it's, it's with you as you walk down the street. You know, Moses, when he came out of the presence of God, his face shone. Such was the, such was the fear amongst the people, he put a veil over his face. Because they couldn't take him as he was. This was exactly the same with Peter, James, and John when they, uh, when they went up the mountain with Jesus and they were given a glimpse of the pre-existent Christ in all his glory. One day, you and I are going to look him face to face. Amen. That is our inheritance. We are going to stand before God and we are going to look him straight in the face. And I'll tell you what he's going to say to you. I love you. But that's the first thing he's going to say to you. I love you. Now let's take a look at your life. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the rear guard. Have you got a concordance? Look, look at, put, put the key words in your in your phone and you'll get it. Rear guard. You know, scripture reference to rear guard and you'll get it. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. I'm so thankful for that. Because you know who can't creep up behind me. Amen. Providing I keep myself in that situation where the glory of the Lord is your rear guard. Okay, Isaiah 58 8. Isaiah 52 12. Okay, you've got it. And if I had a pen, I'd make a note. But uh, all right, here's one. That's it. Bless God. Wonderful. Imitate what is good. Okay? Uh, we are past masters at looking for faults in people. Come on, let's be honest. Past masters at it. Uh, I dread it when people come up to me and say, I remember you when you were, and this is the word they use from Cardiff, you were a snotty-nosed little kid running, playing havoc around the streets. I got saved. That's what happened. I got saved. God did a work. Amen. Imitate what is good. Uh, Father will show us through the Holy Spirit who are the living examples that we should cling to? Okay? Now, I, I, made a, I made a statement earlier. I hope you didn't come to see me or to see Owen or anybody else. But listen, these are the we are the people amongst others, many others, who have taught you the word of faith, the word of God. We have taught you. Therefore, People who have taught you 
they have built up inside you an inheritance. They're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. They didn't do it themselves. Uh, they have built up in you an inheritance that is kept, that is kept eternally in your life. And it's all been done by people who have come here or wherever you've gone. Men who and women who have opened the word of God. And they draw. It's as though Father is drawing you deeper, deeper, deeper. And sometimes we say, Father, what are you up to? Well, come a bit deeper and you'll find out. And then he tells you the obvious, but you have never seen it in your life. It's so obvious to him, but you've never seen it in your life. Only God can change our course. Once we have that call of God in our lives, once we have his anointing, that's it. We follow until God tells us otherwise. Okay? Um, just briefly, and I mean briefly on this, uh, there came a time when, for me, ministry just, fell apart. I, I, I won't go into details. It fell apart completely. And uh, I, I got to make a confession here. I closed my Bible. I put it on my bookshelf and I never touched it for two years. I didn't backslide. I didn't fall away in that sense. I was still having some sort of conversation with God. And then I get a phone call. Now, usually, if you're in ministry and the guy is a lot longer, younger than you, he's looking to you for wisdom. But this guy, David, he rung me up and he said, God hasn't finished with you yet. Speak to you soon. Boom. What do I do with that? But then I started to talk with Father. And guess where he pointed me? The word. He said, get that down on the shelf and don't you ever, ever put it back on the shelf again. And that was my journey back. It was a long journey. It was a painful journey. Guilt, I've never known guilt like it, but God dealt with it. My problem was the other fellow who wanted to keep that guilt there so that he could keep me out of what God wanted me to do. But oh, when you come to that point where you've come through, oh, yeah, you weep, you weep tears of joy and laughter. I'm serious. Uh, and then, of course, once I'd come into this sort of ministry, I learned about laughter in the spirit. Uh, when I first saw it, and guess what? It was here. When I first saw it, I thought, these people are crazy. I didn't realize then how crazy they were. I didn't realize the, the crazy company that I was getting myself involved in, not only here, in my home church, in my friends. But then to cap it all, because my life had fallen apart, 
I got another wife who's even more crazy than I am. <laughs> Bless God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13. It's an exhortation. Uh, Hebrews. How many of you know the author of Hebrews? Well, some say Peter, some say Paul, some say an amalgam of a couple. Let me tell you the true authorship. God knows, and that's important, okay? God knows, and that's important. Do you know, I was, I'm not sure it was here in this Bible school or the one in Coventry. I was doing a New Testament, and we were dealing with Hebrews. And I said, at the end of this session, only had a session to do each book. Uh, at the end of this session, I will tell you the author of Hebrews. And they're there. They're sat on the edge of their seats. And I came to the close, and I, I went to work. They said, excuse me, you were going to tell us the author? Oh, yes, yes. God knows their face. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was naughty. But, uh, yeah. Okay, Hebrews 13, uh, Hebrews 13, 7. Remember those who rule over you, who have proclaimed to you the word of God. Follow their faith, considering the results it has produced in their lives. When you come to people here, standing in this place, watch us. Look at us closely, and God will reveal exactly what he, look, I, 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 I've heard some great ministry here. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I owe a debt of gratitude to Pastor Brenda and Pastor Dave. Because they opened doors for me. But uh, consider your leaders. Who are your leaders? People who feed you. People who feed you with the word of God. And I think it goes without saying that in these meetings, you're getting the total, unadulterated, pure word of God. If it isn't in the word, it isn't preached. Amen? That's it. And if there's anything today, uh, reminds me of those pictures you see on the television sometimes of, of kids who are hungry. Mal, mal, malnourished, and we that many, many, very often, God's people are spiritually malnourished because they're not being fed the true word of God. Amen. Amen. Remember the your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. They're living examples. Okay. That's why, guys, those of you who are pastors, teachers, preachers here this morning, that's why to stand here is an awesome responsibility. Yeah. It's an awesome responsibility. And I'm winding up. Uh, consider the outcome of their lives. But the key is we journey together as the body, the body, okay, all together, the body of Christ. With all, 
What's the most important, important part of your body? Your heart. Okay. Not very big. In fact, here, it's contained along with your lungs, along with your stomach, and goodness knows what else within the main torso of your body. Sometimes people feel insignificant and on the shelf in God's house. But they shouldn't do, because we are all vital, part of the body of Christ. We are here because God designed this. Okay? You don't think that Paul, uh, that uh, Owen made a couple of telephone calls to a few of us and said, how about this for that? No, it wasn't. When he first contacted me, he said, this is what I'm doing. Would you like to be part of it? And I snatched his hand off. I don't know about you, but I've had enough of mediocre ministry. I want something I can get my spiritual teeth into. You know, somebody puts you a meal. It's a well-cooked, nice tender steak with a big plate of chips. You get your teeth into it, you know. You're chewing for goodness knows how long and enjoying every morsel, every bite. Every word, every verse is a morsel to come into our... The, the, the thing is, it might be a morsel, but when it hits your heart and your spirit, it explodes. You know, it explodes. And then the effects of it come out through the body. Therefore, as you walk down the street, you can touch people. Look. People put their sick out, out of their doors on the pavement so that Peter's shadow might fall on them and they would be. I want to see those days. I want to see this happening. I want to see a sick person come in through that door and walk out like a regimental sergeant major. I want to see them dance before the Lord. I want to see people who have lost their voice because of some sort of impediment shouting praises to the Lord because of what God has done in their lives. And it's all on the agenda. God's just waiting for us. Waiting for us. Uh, you see, I stand here, Owen stands here, and we... We watch how you grow. We recognize you from meeting to meeting. We watch how you grow. And we meet all sorts of people in ministry. Actually, there, were, there was a family. Uh, Church of England vicar, Andy Pell, his wife Linda. Linda's putting us up tonight. They live in Bolton. And uh, they had two boys and a girl. We had more to do with the boys, Dan and James. And Dan used to ring us up. He'd say, 
this is youngsters for you. It's Dan here. What's for tea? <laughs> I'm on my way. Dan is working the other side of Manchester, and we're in Liverpool. I'm on my way. Boom. But the fellowship we have with that guy, and to watch him grow. You know Dan. Uh, watch him grow and just see him blossom. And I think I'd better stop now because I can see Owen on the starting blocks. <laughs> you got something? Amen. Bless God. <laughs>